0: You were listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Erwin Raphael McManus. It's good to see you. It's good to be seen. We just got back uh, from Miami. We were in South Beach. We were do- doing a little conference event, networking thing called 100 Million Masterminds.
1: Mm-hmm. We were there with Joel Marion and a whole group of uh, friends that I developed over the last two years. It was a lot of fun. Joel Marion, Marion? Marion, yeah. he He's like mythological to me. Yeah, he's very special. You know, like I, I <laughs> he's so special. Yeah. But he's also so kind. He is. He's like a gentle giant. He's massive. Yeah. And he looks like he could eat people.
0: <laughs> no, it looks like it looks like if he was like in Greek mythology, he would have freed nations. <laughs> no, I mean I mean yeah. I'm being serious. And honestly, like I yeah. I I woke up, I had 5 hours of time out on a flight back from <laughs> Miami to Los Angeles and I felt like and I wrote this post and I was writing down notes and kind of trying to process because when I'm in the moment, I'm really critical. Mm-hmm. I'm really critical. I'm slightly negative and I'm always picking everything apart. But mm-hmm. I really did feel, I mean, I, I want to thank Joel because not only should he not have allowed me in that room, <laughs> I, I didn't deserve to be in that room mm-hmm. by any means. And to be honest, that room wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But it was phenomenal to be in that room and realize that, this was something to aspire to. Mm. And not the money and not the greatness, but the level of attention they pay to the details Mm. in which they're like navigating, processing, discussing, presenting to each other, that was infinitely valuable. Mm. I I have a list, a long list of abbreviations I still don't understand from the weekend. (laughs) And it was 48 hours and I was tired after the first night. So I don't know how you're standing up after two and a half days of that?
1: It's very intensive. Uh, it's um, relationship intensive. It's conversation intensive. It's it's um, thought intensive. You really have to be fully engaged and fully present. And And if you do, I think if you do it well, you leave pretty much spent and exhausted.
0: Yes. And it's it's just, you know, it's really- We were in South
1: Beach, but there was no beach time. There
0: was no beach. The beach was aspirational because I could see the beach, but I couldn't touch it.
1: I walked on the sand one time. That's like so many goals. It really is. We're all looking at the beach that we can't touch. Yeah, there's a lot of relationships like that too. That's Instagram dating. You're you're at South Beach, but you never quite make it to the beach. Oh my goodness. Don't get me started on dating. I don't want to get started on dating right
0: now. No. So we went to this event. And it was kind of hard to explain to friends who were like, what are you going for? Because the prerequisites are, can I say what the prerequisites are?
1: Well, uh, the Am one prerequisite I think you can't say is that their companies have to minimally make a hundred million dollars a year. Yeah. yeah. So, so worth $100 and, a hundred million dollars a year. And they pay six figures to be there. Yes.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah. So explaining that was difficult to people. <laughs> so, so you're like, oh, we didn't know you had it like that. And I was like, oh yeah. No, no, I don't. But you know what, though? I, I mean, I wrote this post, and I don't know. I, I was in my feelings on the plane. Mm-hmm. Just, I was listening to Gang of Views. I was, I was having a moment. But really, I wanted to somehow, like, express... Brooke, are you laughing at me? I hear you laughing Turn your me. microphone
1: up. I want to hear you mocking Aaron.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> that means she laughed so loud it went through the soundproof booth. That's... I didn't, <laughs> dang. <laughs> no, but I wrote about it because I felt like I needed to show appreciation. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I I think I a lot of people have a chip on their shoulder, a lot of people haven't have maybe feel like they've achieved something slightly. I mm-hmm. feel like by being your son I've achieved a lot of things. By just by being born your son, I feel grateful. <laughs> but in in and with that I felt like this was the moment I felt like I I felt the great responsibility that I have to help you to to take everything I've learned and to like to be able to transfer that to other people. Mm. You know, if I can be anything but like a a conversion of currency from your brain to, (laughs) to, to, to normal people, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like Brooke understands you, you know, (laughs) Joe understands you, (laughs) but I have to Google most things you say. And I've got to like explain (laughs) it to everybody. No, no, you know, so no. Anyways, I really felt it was a special weekend. Mm. Our friend Eric Roy came with us Mm -hmm. and it, it was really cool because there was a moment where we're in like a boardroom setting. And I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot. No, that's good. I'm excited. I love that. I really am excited. And there's maybe, I think in our room, there was 10 people mm. and there was like three coaches, four coaches, and then there was like six people who were all equally- Tremendous investment in people. Yeah. Tremendous inv- investment. And they just sit, they round table, they mm-hmm. break down each other's ideas. And so th- that's the moment where you just go, hey, look, here's where I'm at.
1: Yeah. I just loved even in the room I was in, um, people who were grappling with, You know, small companies going. um, My ceiling is forty-one million a year personally, or my ceiling is twenty-five million, and they're asking advice from a person whose ceiling was one billion. Right, and the person who made a billion dollars from a company served from scratch, and his and his wife, both of them, were there just pouring freely into these millionaires how to optimize their. Uh, opportunity, I had to think more clearly as leaders, as executives. And I'm sitting there He going, said something really savage to that woman. <laughs> and she was great. I met yeah. her later. She was incredibly- It's amazing though. Successful is that, and intelligent. Yeah, those, the, the, the successful people, they get savage. Yeah. Like they're savage. And so when someone is savage to them, they get it. They're like, you you yeah. have to tell me the yeah. hard say truth. What, say what he said. <laughs> yeah, you guys say, I no, don't say even what, no, he,
0: I know because you told me afterwards, I was in a different group. Me and Eric showed up yeah. to this other group and- Oh yeah. He said, oh, I could 10X your business, but the first thing I do is fire
1: you. No, he didn't say fire her, but but oh, ha- he said. goes, but you'd have to surrender. Surrender. And he goes, I don't know if you're capable of it. And if you're not capable of it, then I can't help you. And- I mean, if there's not an <laughs> infinite amount of things you can learn from the idea of like surrendering
0: yeah. uh, the control or maybe the power or authority in certain situations just mm. to let, you know, maybe God do what he's going to do in your company or just, no. l- you know, Maybe you're
1: the dam, walking yeah, the, the water. These are incredibly talented people who end up becoming the the log jam for their further impact because they can't let go because they're so good at what they do. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, if, yeah. if all by yourself you can grow a company to fifty million, that's pretty impressive. But some, but that fifty-one becomes elusive until you learn how to let go and trust other people. Yeah, and so you. Everyone has a certain capacity within their own talent, intelligence, skill set, but you're going to hit your ceiling. And that ceiling then requires a a level of surrender that you probably have never had to practice before because you were always the man or the woman.
0: And you know what? Like I was there and I felt really intimidated and we walked out and someone handed me a cigar and I was like, dad, I don't want to smoke this cigar. And you're like you don't have to smoke this cigar, and I felt awkward that I had this cigar in my hand. And I was like, I'm not, I don't, sm- I don't. Smoke. But it's because the
1: guy was literally there literally rolling. Out, he was yes. rolling them. They right were in front like, of like a
0: whole rolling them, get handed to people. And I was like, Dad, like it was like I was so intimidated. <laughs> it was like, uh, it was like going to school with all of the Avengers, and you're like the normal human. <laughs> But Eric Roy is 6'4, so he kind of fits in with them. He's like, I don't have superpowers yet, but like I'm in the height range at least, you know? And we, were, but me and Eric were sitting in this round table and, and, and we're sitting around. Sorry, I was just thinking about my cigar reference, but then like who would cancel me for cigar reference? But then I forget that pastors, they pretend like they don't drink, but they actually do smoke cigars and play golf. So we're good.
1: I won't get canceled. <laughs> you don't. And, no, sure. but I, I, but I can still really enjoy the art of that guy rolling the cigar. Yeah. So I was enjoying watching him do it. I I'm took just, one puff and almost died. I, I'm just not into cigars, but I love I'm the into, art of it.
0: I'm into the <laughs> idea. I told you yeah. I was like,
1: I'm into the idea. Like when I
0: was younger, I would, I would smoke cigars, but then I've, I, we've been really focused on getting healthy and being healthy, guys.
1: Yeah. You know, you know. And I mean, was, one of my friends owns a cigar company. Actually, quite a few of them. Quite a few, <laughs> and I love. He'll
0: send me boxes, and I love, I love yeah. it. Uh, I use them as gifts, and he's amazing. Okay. So one thing I want to talk about was the boardroom me and Eric were in, mm-hmm. and it was so fascinating, right? Because one of these guys, one of this guy's companies uh, is like, it was like, a, he's like essentially like a really, really niche accountant to save people lots of money on taxes. And like, but like uh, how to invest mm-hmm. the right places in your business, so that right. your business is growing, but all the while be like being t- like tax responsible. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. It wasn't yeah. like how to get around it. It was like how to be like ahead of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're gonna make this much. So like, yep. let's invest that in the right places in your companies so that yep. you, you, the, the government's seeing what you're doing, so you were able to, it was like, it was really cool and transparency. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting to hear, like he's laying out his problems. He's going, okay, these are my issues. I have 12 guys mm-hmm. and they're, they're amazing. And I have this one guy, he's a rock star and he's managing the 12, but I don't have another one of the rock stars. And so it was a think tank on how to help him duplicate that one person and also duplicate himself. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is cool because this is a a CFO trying, he's a CEO that's really a CFO of a company full of
1: CFOs. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. It was so fascinating. It's almost inception-like. It was inception.
0: (laughs) And I was like, oh, his problem is that he's not CEO. So, you know, and then Eric Roy came in, chimed in, said something really brilliant. And he just like, he's so good. His poker face is incredible. (laughs) He belongs in those situations. (laughs) I was like, if you all want to learn how to dress, I can help you. (laughs) But as far as how to replicate yourself, I can help you there too, but you're not going to listen to me because my hair is kind of long. I got tattoos and stuff.
1: Oh, man. A lot of those guys are tatted up.
0: They did. Yeah. I was so fascinated by the leadership, like the leadership blocks they would bring. And Mm -hmm. I feel like at times, there have been places in my life where I didn't want outside help Mm and how to grow leadership. And I realized if you can do it when your company is, he has a six month waiting list. His company is worth however much money. You know, and I'm going, if he can go, like, I can't figure this one thing out. These are my problems. I think these are my problems. What yeah. are my real problems? Mm-hmm. You know, and then a guy half his age is just ripping him apart going, you know, this is all like, yeah. it's all in good kindness, but like boom, 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 boom. Yep.
1: Yeah, you know? and the thing that you realize in rooms like this is that people who are highly successful are always aware of their need to learn. and And they are, and strangely enough, they are ruthless in acquiring intelligence. They are ruthless in acquiring genius. They're ruthless in acquiring expertise from someone else and just absorbing it and making it a part of who they are as fast as possible. It's crazy. Bobby Castro, mm-hmm. ninth grade education. Yeah. He
0: gives a talk. And I've I've had like the the privilege of having dinner with him and yeah. you and his amazing because wife. Because he's one of my favorite people in the whole Incredible. world. Incredible. But he like is open. He's like, I yeah. have a ninth grade education. Yeah. I'm like. And he would say he's not ch- achieved, you know, in, in, in that side of of, of life. That, you mm-hmm. know, educationally, he's at ninth grade. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, what, what he learned outside of the classroom yeah. up to the point of ninth grade sir, wait, surpassed uh, <laughs> was, so many people's, like, a, a higher education. Yeah, he was just too smart for the 10th grade. <laughs> no, he was too smart. <laughs> and then, you know, no. he sells his company for, you know, lots of money. So it, mm-hmm. it was, and this is the other thing, too, is that it yeah, wasn't- he says re- openly, he sold it for a billion. Okay. But it was offered 1.6. Okay. Yeah. So- Here's the thing, it wasn't just about money, Yeah, right? You broke it down so well because we were outside and I was making you do stories. And I was like, you got to record stories. But one thing that, that, that was such a value that you picked up was it, it hardly is about money because, yeah, they have nice things. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. cool watches or cool clothes or cool
1: cars, but it's about their discipline. Yeah. Can you kind of unpack that a bit? Well, just one of the things I just keep hearing as a theme uh, because these guys are so disciplined and and might say guys i i i I actually made it fairly gender neutral I mean there are men and women, yeah, and um I mean, an overwhelming number of men in this group but but this this principle applies for all the women who are there too, right they're all so incredibly self disciplined If the session started at eight thirty they were in the gym at six in the morning crazy, and they're they're all just in top condition. they really take care of their personal health, and really I, I think a huge part of it is because um you have to, in some sense, like believe in your capacity to achieve impossible things, and and I and I think that there's all these external symbols of success, whether it's watches or or purses or clothes or cars or planes or houses, and uh, and in a sense, it's almost like those are the Christmas tree ornament or, uh, ornaments, but the tree can be dead and look great. But when you look in the mirror and you're in you're in optimal health. Right. You're, you know, it's just, you know, in great shape. You got, you know, whatever, a washboard stomach, or you're, you know, you have, you know, no more than, you know, 18, 90% body fat or you know whatever it may be. Yeah. You're looking in the mirror and you realize that you're taking discipline over your life. Right. And I actually think that that's one of the factors I see over and over and over and over again is that these are people that make choices that match their confessions hmm. you know because there's there is kind of like a, an interesting culture of like you know making confessions you know confessing confessing you're going to be rich or confessing you're going to be successful right. manifesting or, you or hate yeah that man, word. i hate that word but you know i like I just, manifesting okay you, you know but it's like this whole idea it, it, it's funny because th- this is in the this is in the business world but the Pentecostal world has the exact same language. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and uh, so it's kind of funny uh, that y- they, they both use the same kind of ideology. But the difference is that they're not just confessing. this. Like, so if you only watch like, the Instagram reels, you'd think it was all about confessing, but it's not. Uh, you mean manifesting. Confessing is not the term you're you well, they're, 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 they're they're are Well, their
0: confessions are
1: about manifest. They're trying to manifest their future. They're proclaiming. Yeah. They not confessing. It, no, it's, it, yeah, you're you're confessing that your company is going to make it. You're, you're still gonna, trying to make
0: fetch a word, and I'm not going to let you make fetch I a word. I think it's the right it word. It's not confession. It is pro- proclamation. It's a declaration.
1: It's a manifestation. <laughs> anyway, but, but on the other side of whatever that word is, is discipline. Right. Behind their words, there's action. And when you get to know these people, you realize these aren't just people who are talking big talk. These are people who are making big choices that bring them tremendous personal discipline. And there is incredible sacrifice. And the sacrifice translates in their physical health. But they're also making those sacrifices when it comes to their business choices, and um, and that to me is really interesting, and it's also commendable. And at the same time, I think there's also that great tension they have to work through on how do I do this in a healthy way so I can be a, a great wife or a great husband, be a, a great father. And a lot of them talk about how while they were building their businesses, they were they were ne- neglecting their families, and they had to really come to grips with the fact that you know. Uh, they wanted to be their their son's father, not just their their son's uh, beneficiary. You know, and uh, they don't want to just provide money for their kids. They want to provide love and relationship too. It,
0: it was in, it was interesting. Yeah. I was in that that boardroom setting, and I don't know. It, it wasn't so much boardroom; it was like yeah. a war room setting. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, so it was the guy sitting next yeah. to to the CFO, mm-hmm. CEO guy, and he goes, "I hire his company to save me an f ton of money." <laughs> and, he, you know, and they're being brutal and I'm sitting on the wall like, you know, is this is crazy, fly on mm-hmm. the wall status. And he goes, you know, and this is why, because if I, and they they talk about family and it yeah. all came down to like, he goes, yeah. but also how do you be a good father? Because he goes, I know I could be way richer. He, uses, mm-hmm. he used a bunch of bad language. Yeah. I could be way richer, but <laughs> I like my family and I want to yeah. be around them and I want to be a dad. I think you know,
1: that they all realized at a certain point that they thought money was the most important commodity, but time is actually the most important commodity. Interesting. And, and so now they're trying to figure out how do we shift to where our, our, our value is time, that we get to do every day the things we care about the most. Right. And frankly, if you get to do every day what you care about the most, what you love the most, you are infinitely rich. It doesn't matter what your bottom line is. Right. And, and, you know, and for some of them, I think what they love is the hustle. They just love getting up in the morning and it's, just, yeah. you know, uh, make a little more, do a little better, or make yeah. it something bigger. And so yeah. I, th- I think the hustle is what is addictive to some of them. Mm-hmm. But there, there does come a certain point, when, and with most of them, where they move to a level of maturity where they're going, uh, no, no, no. My my marriage is more important or right. my family is more important. Right. And uh the hustle has to um, be secondary, has to submit to the highest value of my life for relationships. Yeah. And, and so it's just it's just a good reminder that um you don't wanna spend your life making something that destroys what you care about most.
0: It's you know, the thing I took away from it was, you know, I don't have a family other than my mm-hmm. my family, my parents and my sister and niece and Jake. Um but that the thing I took away from it was that you're really building two businesses. You know, mm-hmm. you're building you're building your family life and you're building a business. And you know, if one succeeds without the other, you still have, you still have failed. Yeah. You know, and so you know, but they it, it didn't focus too much on the failure. The, you know, they're trying to be optimistic. They're trying to be mm-hmm. forward thinking, forward looking. Um, but a lot of it. Showed the importance, especially from the older guys, going like, "This is so important, right?" Like yeah. my 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 family, the people that I support, the, the, my faith, the the finding something you can believe in, and and really like letting that ground you, that so you're not chasing after the wrong things.
1: Yeah, and and I think they also understand the power of um, second chances, uh, because so many of them made a lot of money and then lost. Yeah. Just boatloads of money. I You're mean, like, oh,
0: I made a, I made 140 million and then I lost it all in tears.
1: I know. And, they said it, and they said it so easily with, without having to take a second breath that I'm like, yeah, man, I remember when I lost around six or so million dollars. I mean, it left me, you know, sucking air for a good little season. And, uh, and, um, you know, so I, I mean, business in, in takes an incredible amount of risk and, and it takes a lot of work. And when these guys talk about losing $100 million, and I think the reality is they realized um, failure is inevitable, And um, is, you, you, but success takes perseverance. Hmm. And, if you, and in fact, I was telling you and Eric yesterday that you need to be careful um, because when you think you're avoiding failure, what you're actually doing is avoiding success. And you cannot avoid failure and actually move towards success. And you have to be willing to embrace the pain of making mistakes and a failing if you're going to actually move into your optimal level of living. It, you said and, that you said that flippantly, which
0: was <laughs> so frustrating. And you know, and we were talking, right? Like, you know, in those situations you're comparing yourself. And I think every single person in that room is comparing themselves because they're going, okay, how do I copy and paste his cultural values, his ideals, the things that made him successful and then bring them into my company and then get rid of my weaknesses and help, you know, fill in strength with weakness, or weakness with strength, sorry. And, you know, we were talking about the business, the coaching business, and we're like, this person is making 50, 40, 50, 60 million a year coaching people. And I met one of the coaches and the coach said to me, it's about helping, it's about, it's about uh, convincing them you're an expert. <laughs> and I, and Eric was talking to this, this amazing woman. She was very cool in line. And I was kind of, you know, I'm not this, every time I just push Eric, I'm like, you go and I'll come with you and I'll listen. And I, and I was like, Eric, they really truly believe that convincing someone is more important, more important than actually being the expert. Mm-hmm. Convincing them you're an expert is more important than being an expert. That that should not be the case. But I think so many of us are more worried about convincing other people we're the expert versus just going like, "Hey, I'm not the expert. This is my journey to trying to become an expert." Yeah, Do you well, want
1: to help me, and I'll help you. I think I, I I think it'd be fair to say I live on the other side of, the, of that spectrum. Right. I'm uh, I've spent my life developing genuine expertise. And I still don't feel like an expert. And one of the things I've just thought was so funny was just, or ironic uh, along the way, is watching other people create courses and seminars and masterminds that I've invested in, that I've developed, that I've built into. And I know they're not experts, hmm. but they just basically call themselves... and. I guess you just one day appoint yourself. I am the world's leading foremost expert on leadership <laughs> or, right. or, or whatever it may be. And then you just convince yourself. And I think the men- mentality is if you can convince them, then you are. So here's the, yeah. here's
0: the deal. Here, I'm convinced of a few things. Okay. Because I know you're an expert in communication. I know you're an expert in communication. Mm-hmm. I know it. I know it, you know why? Because I was a kid, they made me go to a lot of church and a lot of it was boring. God didn't do it, the Bible didn't do it, the person talking did it. You want want the best melatonin in in, in the world? Go listen to a boring speaker. Not just in church, but at a TED talk, at any conference. Everyone has them and oftentimes, this is what I've learned though, right? Is that you are an expert of communication you were an expert you. in a lot yeah. of things, mm-hmm. right? Because I would use the jack-of-all-trades phenomenon <laughs> as as I would say that that's you. You were a jack-of-all-trades and, and a master of a lot of them. But it took you years, decades to become a master of a few of them.
1: I've been doing it for a long time.
0: But one of my favorite things is the way you communicate. Thank you. The way I introduced my dad is he's the greatest communicator of all time. Hmm. And I truly believe it. You're the greatest communicator of all time you are, I believe it. You're not the first communicator of all time, <laughs> but I do believe you're, you're the greatest.
1: I'm an MJ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but seriously. So to so the last two years, which, you know, it was crazy being in Miami. I mm-hmm. wish we had moved to Miami two years ago. We would've been free for two years. <laughs> We've been in LA in a prison the last two years. Now I've just, you want to know, I've just taken off my mask.
1: <laughs> what?
0: My, the coffee shop I go to just I let know. me take my mask off like last and they're week. They're still nervous. They're still nervous. I'm yeah. like, I cough, the whole room turns. Mm-hmm. You're in master of communication. So we created a thing called the art of communication. Yes. Which is we said it's this is not a master class. But what we meant by it, it's so much more than a master class. Yeah. This is a deep dive, intensive communication course, six and a half hours long, 28 videos broken down into the perfect amount of content to help you go from point A to point B to point C to point D. Right. Well, I don't want you to oversell it. No, no. I, I'm, it's, I'm, it's, I am it's over. It's not
1: six and a half hours. It's six hours and 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> So I don't want someone getting mad because we shorted them 15
0: minutes. What are we talking about? They're going to get a Zoom conference <laughs> summit where you're yeah. going to break down how to build a talk
1: mm-hmm. that
0: they're going to have access to. The thing I know about yeah. ever buying into something with you is that you always give more than you promise. Mm. You know, And so you always- Always try. You always try. And so yeah. the utility of this is growth. You will grow if you watch this. And if you break this in and you let, you let this seep into your soul, into your mind, into you know your framework of communication. So if you're trying to communicate in relationship, you're trying to communicate in school as a professor, as an artist, as a chef, as a business leader or a business person who's being led and wants to lead, entrepreneur, uh, and a- dare I say actor, my least favorite breed of them all. <laughs> if you are if you are a quarterback, you know if mm-hmm. you're a team. I've been watching Man in the Arena. Tom Brady. He's an amazing communicator. Mm-hmm. But imagine how many championships he would have won if he had taken this course. <laughs> but, but we had this idea. So, okay. So, I, that's, that's my hard sell. So, go sign up for the Art of Communication, art of, theartofcommunication.org. The link is going to be in the bio for Battle Ready. It's going to be in the bio of my dad's Instagram. It's probably going to be in the bio of my Instagram. Go sign up. We're going to talk about the details next. I want to talk get into your into your brain about why we did it, why we did it this way and why this is so important to you.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. We're going. Why are we giggling? <laughs> why do you guys keep turning off that mic? I'm sorry. <laughs> why
0: are you giggling? Because you We have- can't hear you, Brooke.
1: You had me rewrite the website to not promise anything, and you're promising everything you're promising <laughs> super Bowls
0: <laughs> I did not promise a Super Bowl. I said, what if imagine what could happen if you invest in yourself
1: is all I'm here. sorry you know what's what's interesting though is that the best in the world always have a coach, and what's To me, even more interesting is that the best in the world always hire a coach outside of their coach because they don't leave greatness to chance. They invest in themselves. So Tom Brady not only had Belichick as a coach, but he had a private trainer, a private nutritionist. He had people that he hired to ensure that he would execute at his optimal level. And you find this to be true in every arena where there's an expression of greatness. You do not become great when you're not willing to pay the price to move through what I would consider like the thin line that's required to move from being exceptional to being extraordinary to being great. Because moving from bad to average is fairly easy. But moving from average to good is harder. Yeah. But moving from good to exceptional is incredibly difficult. And moving from exceptional to great, that's when you have to actually move into the micro details of how to improve your own gifts, your skills, your capacity. And when yeah, I guess the first question you asked me when I was putting out the art of communication when we were putting this together is it's expensive. And and I actually don't think it's expensive, but I know people will perceive it to be expensive. Right. Uh, Because when I look at what the cost is in comparison to what it costs me, I feel like I'm giving it away for free, to be honest with you. Right. Because it costs me so much more. And it costs our team that's worked so hard an incredible amount of time, energy, and resources. And so when someone says, you know, I can't afford it, it creates in me almost this this frustration, especially, I'm just going to talk to pastors for a minute you know, especially with pastors, especially with people in the Christian world. Because when you say you can't afford it, what you're actually saying is not that this material is too expensive, what you're actually saying is you're not worth the investment. And I, I have found a way all my life, even when my ceiling income was $16,000 a year. And the year before that, I think it was $12,000 a year. Even then I found a way to access and get to the resources that I needed. And I didn't care if I had to save my pennies. I found a way to get what I needed to grow. And you bought a Yes, VHS I did.
0: tape that is sitting in my living room right now because we actually have to get it converted and I found it. Yes. You spent a thousand dollars on it, I in did. Yeah,
1: it in the no, 80s. Yeah. No, it was actually probably ninety, nineteen ninety. Okay. Or so a thousand dollars in the nineties. That's right. And and I was still making less than $15,000 a year total when, How income. did you pay for it? And two, why did you do it? I bought it because I knew that this resource had the capacity to change the way I could actually even explain why we needed to move into a different world. Like I was trying to explain to people mindsets and paradigms and worldviews. I was trying to change people's minds. And suddenly I found this person who was unwrapping the whole concept of paradigms in a way that gave me the ability to begin to communicate it more effectively. Hmm. It also gave me a reference. I could say, hey, there's this guy named Joel Barker and he's done this research on the business of paradigms. And um, and one of the things that I know, and this the whole point of it is, it wasn't the only video I bought. I mean, I remember spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on um, on a 40-minute video by Margaret Wheatley and on leadership in the new science. This is like 40 years ago because whenever I found a resource that I felt was unique and, and it was giving me access to a new way of seeing, a new way of thinking, a new way uh, of expressing myself, I... I never thought it was too expensive. I always felt like I was worth that investment because I was going to change and I was going to grow and I was going to be part of creating the future. So
0: sign up, theartofcommunication.org. Sign up for the wait list. This drops on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. What is the date of that, Brooke? March 23rd. And this is the thing, right? So we're we're offering it at a specific price. Mm -hmm. And on Monday of next week, it's going to go up a thousand dollars because we care about it that much. Care about it that much, it's at that much value. Like to what it costs to get you to a conference or to Mm -hmm. any speaking engagement for 30 minutes is so much more than what this costs. Yeah, And And this material goes so specific into communication. Right, and so I like one thing that I always am like struggling with at being 33, and I you know I didn't finish college, and I now I went rogue, and I had to figure it out. And I, luckily, I, I I think I've spent my life studying under uh, uh, a, a a genius shaman. <laughs> I, I posted a photo of you, of us on a conference call in Miami, and you looked great by the way. You were wearing the McManus Gallery shorts; they looked sick. It was amazing. Um, and I was like, in in The Alchemist, there's a moment where deck Give Santiago the mm-hmm. uh, umen and thuman, Thur- like the gifts <laughs> yep. to help him decipher which choices to make in his life along his journey. I'm like, this is you giving them that thing. So that when you yep. go to write your message, or you go to write that pitch in a business space, like you don't have to wonder. Mm-hmm. You can go, I have these elements, I have this toolbox, I have the how tos, I have the ability to connect to people personally, and I'm going to. Now I'm going to, I have this 6, 6.15 hour downloaded <laughs> into my system and I can apply it to the how I communicate with everyone in my life.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I have, uh, I went to Elon University, then University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Then I got my master's degree at Southwestern. I, I don't even know how many courses I took on communication.
0: You're going to stop at your master's? Oh Well, it, they built a school around you and
1: called you a doctor, Yeah, and PhD. Uh, yes. I, I've helped develop multiple doctoral programs and master's programs. And I can tell you, people pay tens of thousands of dollars for master's degrees and you never learn how to communicate in a way that allows your authentic self to connect to an audience in a life-changing way. And I wish I'd had in college or in my master's degree or in seminary uh, something like this available. And then just to be able to go back to it over and over and over again and process it at my own pace until I go deeper and deeper into who I am. Um, I'm just really, I just, I, I, have to be, I, I have to admit, I believe in this. I, I believe in what we've created. I believe it's essential. I am so tired of listening to people perform on Sundays. Preaching has become a performance art. It's it, 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 rather than a transformational experience. I mean, it, it, you you don't have to be that intuitive to listen to preachers and go. This does not feel authentic to who this person is. They're preaching cliches. They're they're it's superficial. It's it's it, you know it um it's not coming from the essence of who they are. And it, and to me, if you're a pastor, the message of Jesus and the truth of the scriptures are too important for us to see preaching as a presentation or as a performance. And preaching needs to come from the essence of who we are. And 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 that's a huge part of why I put this together, but I did it in a way that it relates both to a person who is a pastor and a person who's an entrepreneur, a person who's in ministry and a person who's in business, because I wanted to give this to everyone. I didn't want the language of it to, um, to make it inaccessible to someone. And by the way, that's a part of communication, learning how to use language in a way that allows people to feel that they belong.
0: It's so good. I mean, I, I mean, we've been a part of the team of three or four people who've kind of had the opportunity of combing over this information, combing, combing over this content, really diving deep into it and understanding where you're coming from and the journey that you bring alongside this communication course. You tell lots of stories. Mm-hmm. You give a lot of practicals. You talk about the theory of communication and the practicality of communication and mm-hmm. then how that merges with this idea of human intrinsics and connecting to a singular person inside of the room and mm-hmm. connecting to an entire arena. Yeah. So you, you, I think one thing that you do so well is you go super, super, super detailed into mm-hmm. why that one person matters. Why you'll never win the arena if you don't win that one person. Because mm. if you don't actually look at that one person or care about that one person, you're really not speaking to anyone.
1: Yeah. You know, two things I kind of want to do that are just maybe just like one hour kind of free offerings, and for is people
0: who buy this thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Is um, I want to do something where I can help pastors maybe look at one place in the Bible for Easter. Okay. And um, and just give them how I approach. The scriptures, when it comes to like a an Easter Sunday's message, because uh, uh, what I, I had in my mind was taking one verse out of um, John nineteen and showing them how to build an entire message out of it. Um, how to first put the um, infrastructure, the skeleton, and then how to add meat to it. Cool. And uh, and then in the business environment, um, I would love to have a conversation on how to. Take seemingly disconnected disciplines and pulling insights from them to enhance your your message. Um, like this past w- weekend when we were in Miami and I was there on uh, at the at the hundred million mastermind and I was asked to speak on Sunday. And so I know the people that I'm talking to um, at that particular moment. They're they're in a whole different space. They're business people. Some of them believe in God. Some of them do not. Mm. And and, I, and the closing speaker that afternoon was an expert on NFTs. And, I, and, um, and so some of the people in the room were kind of in that world. Uh, the, last year, they had someone who came and talked to us about cryptocurrency and everyone there pretty, made, pretty much made investments in cryptocurrency. And so one of the things I talked to him about was I said, look, if you're having a hard time believing in God, I, I've had a hard time understanding Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and NFTs. And so if you're having a hard time understanding God, maybe it's the same kind of journey I'm on trying to understand crypto and NFTs because they don't seem to be real because they're non-tangible, because they're non-fungible tokens, because cryptocurrency is a currency that exists in an invisible world and I can't touch it and hold it. And what we need to realize is that that NFTs and cryptocurrency are actually an economic bridge to understanding the reality of God. Because what's happening in the human experience is that we are taking fungible tokens. We're taking things we can touch, art and material, and we're taking physical currency, dollars and quarters and pennies and dimes. and, And now we're moving into a new reality where those tangible, touchable material realities are now existing in an invisible reality, which is called cryptocurrency and NFTs. And if you can believe that there is art that is non-fungible, if you can believe there is currency that exists in the visible world of crypto, then how can you not believe there's a God? Because this is the economic bridge to understanding the existence of God, but here's the difference. We are moving from fungible to non fungible realities. Mm. God moved from non fungible to fungible realities. See, everything that existed before God created was non fungible. And then God created the material universe and everything became a fungible token. Mm. And so, if we can actually move from a fungible reality to a non fungible reality, why would we not believe that God can move from a non-fungible reality to a fungible reality? I actually think the emergence of the world of cryptocurrency and NFTs opens up the human experience to the reality of God and his existence and his presence everywhere in life. Okay,
0: so if if, if, if they go right now and sign up for the wait list and they go and buy this thing on Wednesday when this thing releases— mm-hmm. Will you break down kind of how you saw this and connected this and you built this idea? Because I watched you do it in real, real time and I was right. watching, like I was kind of sitting, it was like a, at a big breakfast room. Mm-hmm. And it was insane, like watching people's, like the lights. You could turn feel
1: on. what happened in that moment. I had goosebumps even as I was coming to realize this was one of those moments where the light came on for people that, that that light switch had not worked before. I mean, I was looking around the room and someone was recording and I was—I almost about snatched his phone. So I was like, this is
0: <laughs> propriety information that we're going to keep locked up in a top secret uh, vault. But so, so you'll so you break down kind of how you come to these realizations and these ideas.
1: Yes, I, I want to help- Like the practical the, steps. But I want to help the people who are serious about becoming world-class communicators. Because frankly, I'm using this as a, as a filtering system to find the people, who are committed to becoming the best communicators in the world, and those are the people I'm going to invest in. And so I'm the, a, if the woman who owns like the forty million dollar coaching company, she should make this a
0: prerequisite for every person she coaches, huh? No,
1: oh, I think that'd be amazing. And I think she the, should. We and should make, we should because do, I what I want try. to help people do, and because I was having a conversation with a guy, and uh, he has a high view of himself in terms of his own intellectual capacity, he, he said he claims
0: he has the fourth IQ fourth highest
1: IQ well, he, in the world. I think he claims he has the highest IQ in the world but maybe you know but but one of the things he said was hey it's hard for me to be you know he I think this is the way he said he said I know that we're it said that we're supposed to be in a room of people more intelligent than us he goes but that's impossible for me and and since you know I'm you know the most intelligent person in the world and and he said that he's not re- he's like saying i am the most intelligent
0: person yeah, in the world
1: and 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 so he was implying that there wasn't any environment where where there was a potential for learning and i said i'm surprised that you don't understand the the power of of um cross disciplinary creative learning hmm. because there's a jazz musician who's a greater jazz musician than you are hmm. and what he's learned as a jazz musician, you should be able to translate into your arena. I mean, there's a botanist somewhere that has a, a level of genius that you've not developed. And, and, uh, and, I, and like I said, I'm surprised you, you don't understand the importance of cross-politization of it, it, genius. And, and that's the thing that I, somewhere along the way, at a young age, I stumbled into the importance of cross-pollinating my own imagination and my own creativity um, with the genius of other people. And when you do that, you now become far more interesting. You have much more texture and, and your uh, power to communicate effectively is transformed.
0: It feels as if he has misplaced the meaning where some wires are crossed where he thinks genius means omniscient. Sorry, which one is the one with all knowing? Yeah, omniscient. omniscient. Okay, yeah. it, it If you were all it. knowing, you would have known that for certain. <laughs> I had made no claim to be a genius. All right, we're going to take that out, but we're going to keep no, that No, no, I think that's very funny. That, that no, no, that's very funny. Right, but I think he thinks he's omniscient. And the ability to be a genius is this understanding that we're going, I can learn from everyone. I may not be able yeah. to learn everything that they know, but I can learn from everyone.
1: Yeah. But I have to say, like, one of the things that really struck me, because I, I always reflect on these conversations, is I am so glad That there are people who are smarter than me, more talented than me, more gifted than me, more inventive, more creative. Because if if I was the most intelligent and most creative and most gifted and most extraordinary person in the world, life would be so boring. But because I'm always going to meet someone who has... Unexpected genius, unexpected insights, like uh, astonishing creativity and artistry Yeah, uh, makes life more magical for me because right. every every room I go into, there's something to learn. There's something to experience. There's something to enjoy. So maybe I'm just going to celebrate the fact that I'm so far away from perfection. I, I can learn in every room. <laughs>
0: so here's the thing. I think I was born to be your son to gas you up. To to talk about the things that I do know and I do know That the guy who was a genius was interesting and I I I I didn't like him. I don't like him and It's fine. I literally met him and then he started doing his thing And I like literally turned around walked away and went over to the corner and took photos of the city for like for 30 minutes Because I was like this guy. (laughs) I don't need to listen to someone who knows it all. I have no interest I want to learn from someone who is still on the journey of learning even though they feel, even though you know they know more than, than you do, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why it's so fascinating to sit under you because you are always in this constant state of understanding, of learning, of seeking and exploring, and I don't think you'll ever stop, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, You're the kind of person that like on your deathbed will be telling us like, this is what it's like, I'm going there, this is what it's <laughs> like, relay the information, like you're, you're that person. But here, here's the thing I do know. I do know that you are genius level, we aren't going to go into that because I think that's a private conversation that you shared with me afterwards. But I did take photos and me and Eric were, were getting our food. We are sitting at the buffet and I was like putting some like steak on my plate. And then I had this just thought. I said, ah, it's funny, huh? I was like, we're eating. And I was like, you know how killer whales uh, play with their food before they eat? I was like, those two over there talking away from the group. I was like, those are two killer whales. I said, the genius <laughs> thinks he's the killer whale playing with his food, but he doesn't realize he's playing with another killer whale. <laughs> <laughs> who's playing dead until <laughs> and you're you're telling us other conversations afterwards and it's and it's fascinating and i asked you like why are you interested in that and you're like i i you're fascinated by the idea of of his the way he sees himself
1: and the way he sees the world and 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 because um i still have so much to learn that whenever i'm around someone um that has a an area of expertise or uniqueness yeah you know uh-huh. i'm I 'm always inclined to try to understand them, okay, and, and I so, think that's the thing is that i I'm trying he 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 told me in ten minutes, I can di- dissect anyone. I can tell you what your level of happiness is, I can tell you what your potential financial income is. He named like four or five things he He said, in ten minutes, I can break up or down completely, so after an hour, hour and a half, I said, "Well, are you going to break me down or are you going to leave me hanging? You said, in ten minutes, and he paused and he goes, "Well." No, I can't because I've been doing all the talking. Yeah. And I said, i know nuts because I'm a really good listener. Right. But see, an hour and a half later, he knew nothing about me, but I knew so much about him. And, yeah, yeah. you know, okay, 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 isn't okay. learning more important than knowing?
0: Look, I'm not the food either. Just <laughs> leave me alone. I'm just, I'm here. I know SeaWorld's canceled, but I'm just here hanging out with the killer whales. <laughs> I'm observing. Okay, so here's the thing. So what we're committing to with, with the Art of Communication, mm-hmm. what, what you get on top of the six and a half, six hours and 15 minutes of content. Okay, so what, what we're committing to with, with the Art of Communication mm-hmm. is an online summit where you help pastors.
1: I'm gonna two different ones, one for pastors. Yes. Uh, to, um specifically i'm going to do it for easter so we can do it in the next few weeks right and i'm going to take a passage in the moments around the death and resurrection of jesus and say okay here's how to craft a good friday or an easter sunday message and then for business people we'll do a different one um that deals with how to take um other disciplines and um, and find illustrations and images and insights to help you with your own messaging.
0: But you can access both of them.
1: Yeah. If you're a business person, you want
0: to access the pastor, per, the, the pastor session, you can yeah. access it. If you're a pastor and you want to access the business session, I think you should access it. Yeah. And, and if then, you
1: want to go to both, you can.
0: Yes. If you want to go to both, you can. And we're going to record them. So if you miss it, yeah. you can access it. And uh, one more thing, you're going to talk about breaking down the idea. So that's going to be one of those yeah. two things. And then that's it, right? So oh, you need no. to go and pre-register. So you need to go to pre-register, get right. on the on the wait list. Uh-huh. and then you need to go and buy this on Wednesday. Do not wait because the price will increase one thousand dollars on Monday of next week. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. I think we have we had this idea because I was like, what if we find <laughs> these cultural moments like when Kanye West stole the mic from Taylor Swift and break down <laughs> these interesting cultural moments where we're seeing public speaking happen in real time and watching it fall apart or really succeed? And you kind of doing like, a quarterback breakdown of communicators, like a gladiator. It will be a bloodbath.
1: Oh, that, just, You know what that makes me think of? What? What was Shaq do? Shaq does that. Uh, Austin, do you know? What we're, oh, oh, Shaq and a fool. Shaq and a fool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is gonna be my version of Shaq and a fool. And it would be kind of, <laughs> it would be kind of cool if we can find someone mm-hmm. who you can, with their permission, break down a really bad moment. On, and like, go like, okay. Let me give you practical tools, and like, go. This is what you this. You walked on the stage wrong. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the first things you ever said to me is, "How you go up on that stage will determine how they see you." Yeah. Go up with energy. They'll yeah. see with energy. Go up with life. They'll absorb life. Yeah. You know, and, and like all of those little things you've taught me as a, as a as a as a little baby. Yep. As a person developing in their ability to communicate, I I'm gonna be there, and I want you to just pour that out. Do you think you could do it?
1: Oh, that'd be fun. Okay. All right. Yeah. And if okay. you're if you're listening and um, you're a well-known communicator and you want to throw your message in there, you know, uh, send it our way and yeah. maybe we'll consider it. Yeah, my first question <laughs> you would be,
0: hit me with that receipt from the master class. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then send me your clip and then we'll go on and then we'll have a conversation. And I think it will be incredibly... Uh, I
1: think it'll be incredible Yeah, it'll be gold for people. But I just gotta be straight up when you, when you break down someone's message, it's like doing an autopsy on a living thing. It is, it is painful. <laughs> there is nothing
0: more painful <laughs> no. than that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But other than it, probably telling fine. a
0: girl you love her and then her being like, oh, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's that level of pain. Quick question. I, yes. You said you're gonna do um, an online summit. You said one is for pastors. What's the other one for? The other said, ones for sure. entrepreneurs. Business. It's biz- for everybody else. Great. Yeah. But they can access each other. Yeah. yeah. I just think we want to be really honoring to to the community that follows and, us. And, and if you, and
1: if you're listening and you're a part of a church, let your pastor know. And so he can and join it, us. If
0: you're a pastor, if you're an elder at a church, you should find a way to put this into your budget to bless your pastor with. absolutely. 100%. And if you're a CEO and you run a sales team, you should be buying 10, 20 of these things and gifting them as a gift because you love them and because they're killers for you. They sell your stuff. So go invest in yourself, invest in your team, invest in your church and go and get this thing done. We will never sell anything this hard because we don't ever really know if our clothes are good. We're doing the best (laughs) we can. We don't ever really know. But like, I know two things. You write amazing books and you're, the most phenomenal communicator I've ever heard. So theartofcommunication.org, that's it. All right, I think we're done for the day. Thank you for listening to the Battle Ready podcast. I just want to give a shout out to Vincent Del Monte because we met him. He's from Toronto, yeah, and he was a really amazing business guy at this hundred million mastermind. Mm-hmm. He came up. He's like, I listened to Battle Ready. I ended up knowing a friend of his friend. He was a business partner, a buddy of mine I just made. Uh, and so, you know, I just want to shout him out. He was amazing. His presence was incredible. It was good to get feedback from him, and I hope I can be a better student to your teaching.
1: That's incredible.
0: All right, love you, Dad. All right, love you too. Okay. Rate and review this podcast, check it out, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all the Google things. Get this podcast, check it out, send it. I want this thing to go. Let the numbies pop. Get this out to your your, your teams, your families, your friends, take a risk on us. Uh, This is a great episode, I believe, and we're so grateful for every person who tunes in every single week. You often hit me up and ask, how can I support the podcast? You know how you can support the podcast? I don't want you to give us money. I want you to buy this course and give yourself experience, life change and growth to this communication course. All right, mm. writing this thing now, bye.